I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. And I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. It is fuck, it's year LVI, <laughs> Anno Satanus, 56, Anno Satanus. Pretty exciting. As of today, we have uh, 85,192,046 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with 1,846,921 deaths. That's right. It is January 3rd, and I got a great show for you this week. And the devil's advocate... I want to talk a little about New Year's resolutions, and I know, I know, they're lame, but I kind of want to address that aspect of it as well. It'll be interesting, at least I hope. In the Infernal Informant, ex execution of only woman on U.S. federal death row can go ahead, court rules, and infant smothered to death by dog on New Year's Eve. I might get emotional. And I decided to uh, close this out with... Chaos at the Heart of the Orion Nebula and uh, Chopin's E Minor Prelude. And uh, I want to do this because this is the first episode of this brand new year. Nothing really changes when the year turns, but with the focus on ourselves, I want to kind of take a moment and look at a greater scheme, a cosmic scene, as it were. And so that's how we'll close out this episode. Uh, Nick the Dick. <laughs> Welcome to the Ninth Circle, man. <laughs> Gary, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. Joaquin, what's up, man? Thanks for joining. William, how you doing? Uh, what's up, dog? How you doing? Zachary, what up? Uh, we need a new calendar globally. Yeah, probably. I mean, isn't the Julian calendar um, more accurate than the calendar we're using right now? Didn't I read that somewhere? I know I th if, if it was years ago. But I think... When I was in the military, we went off the Julian calendar, which was created by Julius Caesar back in the Roman Empire. Um, and our modern calendar is different, which is why we have leap years and stuff like that. Um, I think it was more accurate, but I can't remember. So let me know. Uh, what's up, Reverend K <laughs> Logan, thanks for joining live, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, we're going to get into that, dog. We're going to get into that and... Uh, it's going to get heated. <laughs> it's definitely going to get heated. Uh, so I was watching a series with my wife called The Flight Attendant. It's on HBO Max, I think it's called now. It used to be HBO Now. Now it's HBO Max. And I, uh, I was blown away by the first two-thirds of this series. Completely on my ass blown away. As far as just design and cinematography it was a refreshing refreshing assault on my senses uh it was brilliant and then the dialogue the writing the acting the direction it's all top-notch the music is fantastic the intro itself is Saul Bass level of greatness uh if you don't know who that is you should probably find out um it's everything that I absolutely adore about 
taking a film scope and distilling it down to a series. Totally great. Again, only the first two thirds. I did finish the season, but the last third isn't, isn't that great. Uh, it actually made me so angry because I could never do anything like that. Like I could do stuff close to it, but I would never be able to meet the production times in order to, you know, get on staff and, and work as quickly as one needs to in those um, situations. The show made me realize that I'm not at the top of my game. And that made me very, very angry. So on one hand, I'm completely appreciating it for the work of art that it truly is. And on the other hand, I'm infuriated by it putting a mirror up to my face, showing me that I'm not good enough. And that sucks. <laughs> that sucks so bad. But it was good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It just kind of made me a little depressed. And it's frustrating because whenever I, I share my thoughts on this, people who know my career and know the work I've done and stuff, they're like, oh, we don't think you're, you're bad at all. You, know, you need to stop because I'm constantly saying how bad I am. You stop talking so negatively about yourself. You're, you're successful and everything. And it's like, yeah, but you don't know shit. So you don't have room to talk. You didn't go to school for my profession. You have no idea what goes into it, what quality actually means. So your opinion, though I appreciate it, means less than dick. And that's just the reality of it. You're coming from a place of ignorance and you're trying to tell me how good I am from a position of ignorance. That doesn't make me feel good. It makes you look stupid. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I understand what you're trying to do, but it makes me the dick by pointing out that you don't know what you're talking about. So how can you tell me how good I am? You know? I hate that. I hate that so much. Ugh. Uh, where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I'm doing this early today. I mentioned it last night on a Daily Thought blog. But uh, I'm doing this early today because I've got some friends coming over and we're going to be recording an evil live episode which should be a lot of fun hopefully it, it ends up working really well the dapper devil how you doing great name man um craig thanks for joining live man all right how about we dive into the devil's advocate shall we one of those ridiculous images I found online. Seas jumping from one year to the next. See that? <laughs> All right. So New Year's resolutions have long been panned as worthless, pretentious, fake, um, and completely irrelevant to people like Satanists. And to all of the above, I say yes. But it can be something more. It can also be a bit of a check-in for yourself right? And, and here, here's what I mean by that. Satanists don't need a new year to set new goals for themselves. It's something that we are actively doing throughout our entire lives. We're working towards an end. When we achieve that end, we work towards some other end. And maybe we're working on multiple fronts all at once. But there's at no point should any Satanist ever say, well, it is January 1, time to start working out. 
No. If you noticed it back in May, you're not going to wait till the new year to do it. You're going to get off your fucking ass and you're going to do what you got to do. If you need to change your, your behaviors for your health, well then do it. It's the only way you're going to survive. Self-preservation, right? And so we don't, and again, this is very sort of broad reaching and one size doesn't always fit all. Um, but we don't traditionally wait until some date like the new year in order to change behavior that we've recognized needing to have been changed uh, or to improve upon ourselves in ways. Uh, why would you wait? If you recognize that it needs improvement, just do it. Um, and so on their face, New Year's resolutions are just sad excuses for lazy individuals to pretend that they're going to get off their asses. They use New Year's resolutions to temporarily put their lives in focus and make hollow attempts to improve oneself. But Satanists, because we're doing this year round, we don't require the hollow gesture like a New Year's resolution. However, again, we can use it as a check-in, right? So take the opportunity of the new year, instead of creating new resolutions, uh, to reflect on the goals that you've set for yourself already throughout the preceding year or years. Um, examine the progress that you've made toward those goals. Take the opportunity to celebrate the successes that you've had in the year. And I do think that it's important to take every opportunity to celebrate one's actions. Uh, if we're going to be critical of our failures and learn from them, well, then we should be congratulatory towards our successes and celebrate them. You know, it, it just sort of goes hand in hand. Um, we need to reevaluate the choices that we make toward our goals. And if need be, readjust the direction, focus, or change the goal entirely to fit the pragmatic actions in your life. Sometimes we set lofty goals that we just cannot achieve. And from a position of January 2nd, we may have said, I want to do X in my profession. When you get to December 30th, you realize that just wasn't realistic. And so you got to reevaluate. Okay, if I can't get to that point, what can I do? What goal can I meet that's realistic towards me? And that means you're going to have to, again, take into account the balance factor. I talked about this in preceding weeks here. Taking the, the, the balance factor in your own life goals and then work toward realistic goals so that you can have that sense of accomplishment and that sense of pride. It's important. It's going to build your confidence. It's going to make you better at lesser magic when you're more confident and more sure about who and what you are. And, and then we just also have to realize that sometimes we change throughout the course of a year, right? You may have had goals that are no longer relevant to you. Maybe life got in the way. Maybe uh, you, you wanted to further your profession, but you fell in love or you had a child and now you have to put that on hold. Your focus needs to change. So don't hurt yours. Don't, don't, don't um, uh, be negative towards yourself because you didn't meet the goals you set out for yourself. Recognize that they just aren't the important goals that you had and change them, redirect. There's nothing worse than feeling bad about something that you haven't done yet, especially when you're not acting towards that end in the first place. There's no reason to feel bad about yourself. You can just change your behavior, change your decisions, and then you won't feel bad anymore. It's literally that simple. Um, 
And again, you know, sometimes it's not a case where your goals shift. Maybe you just don't want to do it anymore. It doesn't bring you the happiness, whatever that goal was, whatever the action was, it doesn't bring you the happiness that it once did. You know, I used to, uh, uh, years ago, I was, you may argue, addicted to video games. Um, I would play them all the damn time. As soon as I had kids and I started going to college and I realized that my goals needed to change, I no longer got any satisfaction over playing video games. It actually, and it's why I can't play them for more than an hour at a time nowadays, and even then I feel like I'm wasting my time. Same thing with role-playing games. I can't play them anymore because it makes me feel like I'm wasting my time. Because my goals in life have shifted. They've changed. It's tough for me just to be able to sit down, even for just an hour, and say, okay, I'm just going to play this one thing. When in my head I'm thinking, okay, but I could be doing this or that. I could be educating myself more, reading, spending time with the family, getting out into the outdoors, working on my house. You know, there's, there's so many other things that are so much more important than playing a fucking game. And so I just feel bad about it. So I don't do it. Uh, which is funny because I have an Eat the Live series based on that uh, action alone. Um, and then realizing that it's, there's nothing wrong with the setting of goals and then abandoning those goals for other pursuits. Stubbornly, uh, stubbornly forecasting, I'm sorry, my, my notes here obviously had quick spell errors. Uh, stubbornly focusing on something that no longer interests you simply because you made it a goal in the past is actually counterproductive at best, and it can actually be harmful to your life moving forward. So drop those things that are no longer of important uh, importance to you and focus on those things that are important to you. Because again, we change, we adapt, we grow, we evolve as individuals. And we shouldn't be stuck in our old selves if we have in fact changed. It's just going to bring dissonance within yourself. It's going to bring unhappiness within yourself. And you're not going to be able to grow. Um, and then welcome whatever that new evolution in thinking is for you. Celebrate it. Say, okay, I spent all these years working to this end. It's just not relevant anymore. I'm going to put all my focus in what is relevant now, and I'm going to champion that. I didn't waste the time working toward the other goal. That led me here. So I celebrate where I've been, and I refocus on where I want to go now. Now, again, some people are going to continue chasing the same goals, and that's healthy and fine too, as long as it brings you joy. As soon as it doesn't, it's counterproductive. Um, and always with everything, debate the pros and cons of any goal you set for yourself um, and use that as a guide because we can convince ourselves of anything. <laughs> There's conspiracy theories. We can convince ourselves literally of anything. So it's really important to critically evaluate the choices that you have made, all right, that impact you individually. That's the most important thing. Um, maybe being less critical about things that don't affect you in life, well, that's fine. But when it's up to you, when it affects your life, you really, really need to stop and react and think and observe. Uh, and it's the only way that you can as, uh, be as focused as possible towards whatever end you're going to be moving, right? That's how you're going to achieve those goals because you're willing to make sacrifices in the midterm to get to that long-term. Um, what do you guys say here? But wait, Rev, they're pointing out their perception of you while you're comparing your work to a version of you that doesn't exist yet. Oh, yeah, from the intro. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you've long said news resolutions are bullshit and for masses mindsets. Yeah, I agree. Lazy procrastinators, absolutely. And th th there's even this tongue-in-cheek reaction to uh, New Year's resolutions as well. People know they're not going to follow through with them. That's where uh, uh, um, uh, fitness clubs, and I can't for gyms, uh, get so much more interest and money from people by setting contracts when they come in because they know they're not going to go in and use the equipment after the January. And so they're just making money off of them for the duration of the contract. That's why they do that. Otherwise, they would just do it per visit or per month or something. Um, making money when people don't show up to your establishment is the best possible scenario <laughs> for a business. You don't have to serve anyone. You don't have to maintain equipment that's not being used. And they're not there to bug you. Uh, all right, let's see. It's a good goal, Logan. All right, Logan, what you got? For making a goal, you just continue to do what is best for yourself and your son. Basically the same goal every year. That's great. Uh, realize that, realize that um, we can tend to set goals too achievable from time to time, right? Set really, really low bar goals so that, yeah, we're meeting the goal, but we're not actually having to work hard to get it. And Again, depending on the goal, depending on the context, is this a social goal, is it a personal goal, is it a professional goal? Um, sometimes it's better to extend yourself on those really challenging goals because the sense of gratification is so much greater when you achieve it. Again, keep in mind the balance factor, but don't undersell yourself. And I think that's really easy to do. When something is achievable, it's easy to set that as your goals in life but then you're not actually making any real movement any real growth or progress you're just staying even and hopefully as a satanist you're always going to continually challenge yourself and you're going to move in a more upward momentum not steady or downward right uh, i do want to qualify that really quick by saying if you are taking dips consider those as opportunities to raise the bar again Okay? You're not always going to succeed in life. Life is going to throw things at you that you're not ready for. It's okay to fail, but use it as a stepping stone. Um, all right, and that's really all I wanted to talk about. Uh, dog, you said you're having difficulty finding meaningful goals these days. Death of loved ones has left you feeling exceptionally empty. Yeah. And there's no, there's no working around that. You know, there's a hole. And it's, uh, it's something that you're going to have to... Um, celebrate because it's a reminder of them um, and and maybe even take some of that pain with you as you try to refocus yourself you know it is easy to become stagnant and, and still and that's a dangerous place to be in because you don't ever get motivation to do anything from that point and there inevitably comes a time and this isn't just talking about dog this is just everyone and dealing with loss and grief where again, it becomes counterproductive. You feel like you're, you're doing, you're either drowning in sorrow or you feel like you're doing service to the memory of those by keeping them ever persistent um, in your mind. But there does come a time when it actually starts to hurt you and only the individual dealing with it can learn when that time is. Um, 
So you do have to move forward as an individual. It's not easy. It's, it, and there's no timetable. But eventually, you have to live on in order to make their lives have a semblance of meaning because they helped get you here, you know? Loss sucks. I hate it. Fucking sucks. And it hurts. You prefer to recalibrate as opposed to set goals. You search for new center and then see what that might take me. I think that's a great idea too, yeah. And that's, and that's really why I wanted to focus on this is, is that the new year isn't always setting new goals. Again, as Zachary points out, sometimes it's just recalibrating, refocusing on where your previous goals, goals had always been and then you can you know move forward. But again, it's not to use this new year in order to set new goals. It's to use it as a self-check-in to find out where you've been and where you can go and then move in that direction. That way, instead of just dismissing this time and just sort of ignoring it, you're, you're going to capitalize on it and you're going to actually use it to your own benefit. My eyes is anyway. All right, that's it. Let's move on to the next, uh, a little infernal alignment. Let me throw up this image and we are going to get into it. Execution of only woman on U.S. federal death row can go ahead, court rules. This is from TheGuardian.com. A U.S. appeals court has cleared the way for the only woman on federal death row to be executed before President-elect Joe Biden takes office. The ruling, handed down on Friday by three-judge panel in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, concluded that a lower court judge erred when he vacated Lisa Montgomery's execution date in an order last week. U.S. District Court Judge Randolph Moss had ruled the Justice Department unlawfully rescheduled Montgomery's execution, and he vacated an order from the director of the Bureau of Prisons scheduling her death for 12 January. Montgomery has been scheduled to be put to death by lethal injection at the Federal Correctional Complex, the Terre Haute, Indiana, in December, but Moss delayed the execution after her attorneys contracted coronavirus, visiting their client, and asked him to extend the time to file a clemency petition. Moss concluded that under his order, the Bureau of Prisons could not even reschedule Montgomery's execution until at least 1 January. But the appeals panel disagreed. Megan Vergao, an attorney for Montgomery, said her legal team would ask for the full appeals court to review the case and said Montgomery should not be executed on 12 January. Montgomery was convicted of killing 23-year-old Bonnie Jo Stinnett in the northwest Missouri town of Skidmore on December, in December 2004. She used a rope to strangle Stinnett, who was eight months pregnant, and then cut the baby girl from the womb with the kitchen knife, authorities said. Montgomery took the child with her and attempted to pass the girl off as her own, prosecutors said. Montgomery's legal team has argued that she has serious mental illnesses. One of her lawyers, Sandra Babcock, Babcock said in an earlier statement, quote, given the severity of Mrs. Montgomery's mental illness, the sexual and physical torture she endured throughout her life, and the connection between her trauma and the facts of her crime, we appeal to President Trump to grant her mercy and commute her sentence to life imprisonment, end quote. 
Biden opposes the death penalty, and his spokesman, T.J. Ducklow, has said he would work to end its use. But Biden has not said whether he will halt federal executions after he takes office 20 January. There's a couple things in here that um, I want to address, uh, which is why I chose this article. On the idea of executions, I'm 100% pro-executing human beings that break law that warrant, per our laws, that they should be executed. 100%. The problem is, is that the justice system is not always right. That's just the truth. And we have far too many examples of people who are put on death row and then executed, who actually, with DNA evidence, have been proven they didn't commit the crime. So it's a flawed issue. Now, that being said, this is cut and dry. She strangled a woman to death, a pregnant woman to death, cut her baby out of her stomach, and tried to steal the child, the infant. This is next level shit. All right? She should not have waited until 2021 when she committed this crime in 2004 while we're paying for her to exist. For all of those 16 years, while she is a straight up fucking murderer, she should be shot dead, one bullet in the head, 10 cents, done and done. That being said, they say that she was abused physically. Uh, she uh, was tortured physically. She had sexual abuse when she was growing up. Um, and that's why she committed these crimes, because she's just not there in her head. And does that mean that that woman's not dead anymore? Does that mean that that infant, I don't know the state of it. I don't know if it's just now an asset of the state or if the, the family took it back over. It didn't mention it. But does that mean that, that infant's not going to have, uh, or is going to have a mother now because this insane woman did it? No, she still fucking killed someone. And I don't care if she's consciously doing it or if she's reenacting some weird torture that she experienced. <laughs> we do not get to choose where, what region on this planet we are born. We do not get to choose the families or the environments we are raised in. That's the chaos of life. And sometimes you get abused, and sometimes you are physically or sexually assaulted, and sometimes life is just shitting all over you from the moment you're born till your adulthood. That is not an excuse for you to then reenact that behavior. I know it's why people reenact that behavior, and it's why they should be put into uh, therapy as early in their lives as possible, because some people can get out of that cycle. Not everyone can. And if they repeat it, kill them. They are not productive members of society. They are damaged humans. Now, we cannot on one hand say that there is no such thing as the sanctity of life, and then on the other hand say, but they had a raw deal, so we should give them clemency. No. Fuck her. She murdered someone and cut a baby out of her stomach. Think about that. That's not a pulling a trigger thing. She had to get behind her and strangle the pregnant woman to death. Sweat, tears, blood, fighting, screaming. And then she had to take a kitchen knife and cut her open like a pumpkin 
pull out the infant, tear her out of uh, the the, uh, the womb, cut the umbilical cord, tie it up, and then pass it off as her own. This takes so much more than just a pulling of a trigger to kill someone. And that type of fucking crazy should not exist anymore. And the fact that our legal system could not figure out within the first year that, yeah, she should be executed and, yeah, we should not wait until 2021 to do it. Let's just get it done with. Why are you waiting? What is the benefit to society that you are going to wait 16 years to execute this woman? What is it? Is she going to suddenly change? No, she's already on death row. They know they're going to execute her. You add enough time and distance from a heinous act and the severity, the, the, the impact of that heinous act, act starts to uh, diminish a little bit in people's memories. We need to get, move on. We stop. What is the purpose of our legal system? of, of uh, incarceration. Is it to punish or is it to reform? And depending on who you talk to, it's a completely different purpose. But when they've been by a trial of your peers, put on death row to be executed, don't wait. Don't wait. And I understand, again, because the legal system with executions is flawed and people are murdered through the state, um, through uh, uh, executions for crimes they did not commit. Okay, that's fine. When there's a shadow of a doubt, give them some time to appeal and let that go through the courts. There's no shadow of a doubt in this case. It's cut and dry. It's fucked. She should be murdered herself. And she's lucky that it would just be a hanging or a bullet or lethal injection so she doesn't have to feel it. Yeah, let's, let's take care of her and keep her incarcerated so she can, you know, read books and develop her mind and, and try to work through the craziness of her childhood. Let, let's do that for her. Why? We don't owe her anything. Society doesn't owe anyone anything. We don't go around murdering people because if you do, you get killed. Lex talionis. That's the whole point of law. Consequences for illegal actions. If Trump lets this bitch off with fucking life in prison, that's insanity! Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. Okay. I uh, shouldn't even hesitate. Kill her. Yeah, I agree. This is one of the few cases where I'd say kill him. We know she did it. Absolutely. Gut her and just let her bleed out. Oof. Jason, you're harsher than me. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. Uh, there's no excuse for not getting help. Well, and this, this is the other part of it, is that it depends on how you see society, the role of society in the individual's life, right? I see society, the, the federal government and local state governments, to protect and serve their population, which means I give them tax money. They use that to benefit the society, right? They don't use it to influence wars in other countries. They use it to benefit me. So in my mind, having an educated and a healthy citizenry is the best possible way 
for an empowered nation to rise to greatness. And that means that if we need mental health support, we don't have to pay for it. That's protecting and serving the population by making sure that people don't spiral out of control. That seems logical to me. I know it doesn't for everyone. Um, and I accept that. But there's no reason why, why, why we're incarcerating mentally challenged individuals. Um, and especially if they, I just don't, I just don't care if they committed violent crimes that they are mentally challenged. I don't care. They still did the crime. You leave them around and the chance of them repeating it is only going to steadily, slowly rise. It may never happen again, but the chance of it happening is there. So stop the chance. Cut the cancer out. Um, if humans have free will, then those are her decisions and she should be punished for them. If humans are predestined, then her very existence threatened this behavior and she should be punished. She has no mercy than trying to use her supposed story as an excuse to justify the behavior. Uh, don't give her mercy. She didn't give the woman mercy or the baby. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, with Vangda Wright's cases like that, you do not even need the official death penalty. Just take them into a room without windows one day and shoot them. No one cares about them anyway. Job done. Yeah, you could do that, Greg. And, and sadly enough, that happens to a lot, of, a lot of people even today. You know, they are wrongfully convicted or picked up for whatever reason, put in a jail cell, and then suddenly they mysteriously die in that jail cell. It happens. Um, I do prefer to see the state take correct actions, legal actions that represent the people rather than, you know, sort of subterfuge vengeance. Um, that's just personally. Because then if, if we truly do believe that everyone deserves equal protection under the law and when you're found guilty you need to suffer the consequences no matter whether you're rich or poor or whatever you have to see that end play out otherwise none of it holds up it, you know it's all malleable and the problem with our current system is that everything is malleable if you have more money you're less likely to face real consequences um, and that's just not how the system is supposed to work that's how we've made it work because that's how human society is but that's not what the system was set up for. Uh, and so I would be less inclined to have her mysteriously come to an end than have her face retribution by the state. Uh, I think, I think the, the, the survivors of the mother that was murdered deserve that. I think the child, if it's alive, deserves to see that happen uh, because that's a massive amount of closure for someone. You know? All right, let's do the next one. I'm gonna just as pissed about this. Uh, this is hard, people. So if, if you are sensitive to stuff like this, don't watch. Don't, don't listen to it because it's, it's heavy stuff. Infant smothered to death by dog on New Year's Eve. This is from myfox8.com. A Dayton baby was found dead in a home on New Year's Eve. Authorities say four-month-old Raylan Harrison of Dayton died Thursday. A dog was found lying on top of her. Montgomery County Region dispatched... Uh, dispatch says a man called 911 around 7 p.m. on Thursday. He said he woke to find the dog on the baby, which was not breathing. The girl was taken to Day Dayton Children's Hospital, where she was pronounced dead. 
Police are still investigating the incident. The breed of dog involved in the incident remains unclear, though neighbor Lonnie Dapier describes it as big and said the animal had gotten out of the family house before. Quote, God bless the child, and I ho just hope they get that dog taken care of one way or another so it won't injure anyone else, Dapier told WRGT. A GoFundMe page arranged to raise money for Raylan's uh, funeral called The Death and Unexpected Tragedy. Quote, we lost our baby four-month, our beautiful four-month niece. The page reads, please help in any way you possibly can so that we can lay this beautiful girl to rest. The dog. The dog. Why? Why would any rational human being blame the dog in this situation? The first clue is that the father said he awoke and found the dog on the child. Now let's just pretend that that's the truth. Why was he sleeping when there was an infant? on the ground where a dog could lie on it at what chance in the universe do you leave your infant and then take a fucking nap just wiggling around so no matter what at best this is negligence negligent homicide at best and he should be prosecuted the parents should be prosecuted for this. They murdered their child because they did not pay attention to the child. This is a four-month infant. At no point does that infant stay on the fucking ground unattended. You might as well leave it in a fucking bathtub and what, then you're gonna shoot the bathtub or put the bathtub down? No, the dog is an environmental risk that parents need to be aware of but it is the parent's responsibility. Okay, so that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is what Dog said earlier. And I don't have it um, in front of me because there's chat is moving. But you had mentioned something like they killed her and they blamed the dog. Now, I don't know if they overtly killed her or they accidentally killed her. But that story alone tells me they're negligent parents. So they could have accidentally killed her. And then blame the dog. I've, I've never... I've grown up with dogs. My entire life. Um, I've never seen a dog lay on top of a baby's face. Not once in my life have I seen it. Is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. I've just never seen it in my life. Um, I've never seen it where parents aren't focused and concentrated about animals around their kids, whether it's a cat or a dog, regardless of size, you just don't leave the two unattended, especially as a four-month-old infant. You just don't do that. So I don't care how big the dog is. The dog has nothing to do with it. The dog did not consciously say, this little child I shall smother, plumph and sit on it. It just, there's no place in the universe where that's the case. And so, taking the dog out, taking care of the dog, whatever 
is meant by the neighbor by that statement, taking care of the dog, we know it means kill him, is totally irrational. It has nothing to do with it. You don't blame the dog if it actually happened that way for lying down. It's not the dog's fault. What does he habitually lie on people's faces? Is this like a pattern that the neighborhood has seen? She's like, oh, but the dog has gotten out. Name one animal that hasn't gotten out. Kids, get out. Does that mean you got to put them down? What the hell is wrong with people? Like fundamentally in your core. You would blame the fucking dog. You stupid assholes. Okay. But now we're dealing with a dead infant, which is the worst, the worst thing you could ever fucking deal with in life. The, I can't, I just cannot imagine the amount of pain a caring family would go through with that scenario where they lost their child. I also can't imagine a world where I would fall asleep with my four-month-old infant on the ground and a big dog wandering around. I just, that that doesn't enter my mind. Where was the mom? We know the dead, dumbass dad was asleep. Where the hell was the mom? Uh, okay, so then uh, let, let's move on to this GoFundMe thing because I do think that there's justifiable reasons for people to use GoFundMe. Uh, I would not give this person a penny. I, I wouldn't even think even if they were friends of mine, I, I, I wouldn't do it because this is pure, obvious negligence. I would not guarantee that the money you give them is going to go for what they say it's going to go for. How can you? They don't care. I've seen this recently where you see this disgusting human being using a... Uh, a traumatic moment in their life as an excuse to raise money and then use that money to drown themselves in booze and then blame other people. And it's all of the other people's fault for giving her that fucking money because they felt sorry. Oh, I feel so bad. No one has any personal accountability anymore. And as long as the story can be twisted to be sad, as long as there can be a victim, well, then people just fucking make it rain. To what end? So that they can do this again? I genuinely think people should have to take tests to be parents. I, I really do. I just... The, if you could filter, if you could weed out the really horrible people from being able to have children, you get rid of familial, sexual, and physical and mental abuse, which then cuts down the price of them repeating, or the, the chance of them repeating that behavior. Cut down the chances, it doesn't go away. Um, you cut down situations like this, unnecessary deaths. And I don't think, again, there's no, there's no, um, uh, um, Oh, fuck, why can't I? I'm all flustered and so my mind is not working properly. Um, there's no sanctity of life. And so I, it sucks that a child died. Yes, 
Do I feel bad about it? Well, I don't know them. And so all I can feel is enraged that it happened, but I don't feel emotionally attached to it because I didn't know them. I didn't know the child. I didn't know the parents. I didn't know any of them. Um, and so the, the level of my response has to just be based on the action itself. And if we can do something to stop that, well, why wouldn't we? Not everyone can be a good parent. It's fucking hard. It's really hard. And if you don't feel constant guilt as a parent, you probably shouldn't be a parent. Because it's that guilt and that worry that keeps the child alive and ensures that you care enough about them that you're going to do your best. Man. It's fucked up. Um, we are 45 minutes into this. What did dogs say that someone said? Absolutely. We find loving parents don't leave a four month old anywhere, but a safe crib if they're going to nap. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes with them, which then sometimes kids get smothered by the parents. Um, you know that they're doing, and, uh, I can only hope it will come out in an autopsy. Oh man. I hope too. That'd be amazing. Have the punishment fit the crime new to the parents. I'm actually not averse to that idea. Like, honestly, in the same way that if, if you're a, a child abuser, I think you should become a unit eunuch. If you abuse people, then you don't need your junk anymore. You have given up the right to use your junk responsibly. So get rid of it. Um, if you're a parent and you murder your fucking children, you should be sterilized because you should not be able to have kids anymore. You have lost that right. I mean, this is a severe version of Lex Talionis and not everyone can climb on board with those ideas. And I get that. I understand, I suppose. Um, and this is where people who thought I was like far lefty are like, wait a second. What? <laughs> who is, <laughs> what does he actually think? Because I do think, I, I, I think if you don't contribute to society, you shouldn't be in that society, whatever that means. If that means you're executing people because they're just sucking the teat of society or you're kicking them out of the society, one of the two, get rid of them. I don't care which. If they were worthwhile humans, they would be productive and they would be, you know, helping society. Uh, and so, uh, yes, Zachary, in some cases, I am definitely saying that we should prevent people from having the freedom to repeat terrible mistakes. You, Everyone should have the, you know, you, you start innocent until proven guilty with everything in life, right? You have the freedom to obey the laws of the society you live in. You break them, you lose that freedom. That's just how it works. This isn't a controversial idea. And I don't know if that was a tongue in cheek um, statement, but man, if we need a driver's license to operate a car, you should have uh, sit a test if you want to have kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have maturation programs in school to teach kids about their physiology, right? About their reproductive systems. Um, why, why don't we have something in high school about what it means to be a responsible parent or something in college that, you know, for people who have higher education that, that talks about that as well. We teach them how to have children, but we don't teach them how to deal with children. I, th I think it's a totally rational thing to do. And it could be on your own dime, like a driver's license test. That's fine. I don't care. You know, some people have that in school. So you could maybe, you know, roll it in with that as well. Instead of home ec, for example, you have 
parenting or something. But it's and the, the worst part about it is it's not a complex notion, right? Don't take your hangups in life and apply them to your children. Realize that your children are there for you to raise and teach how to be adults, not to imprint yourself on and have them be clones of you. They are individuals. They are not your clone. And as soon as you understand that, then parenting actually becomes pretty simple because it becomes nurturing their thoughts instead of inscribing your own. Um, okay, I see. Uh, there's a general question. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to live in a world where we have, like, some weird, you know, preventive punishment and stuff like that. But I do think that if you fucked up, we need to stop you from doing it again. That's just, that, to me, that's logical. Let's close this out with um, arguably some of the most beautiful imagery that, that you're going to see this month. <laughs> Bold statement there. With some of arguably the most beautiful music that you're going to hear uh, that's been created. So this is going to be the chaos at the heart of Orion Nebula. I'm going to switch over to a frame where it's just that and just the music so you can really let it sort of swallow you, lose yourself in it. And that's what I do anyway. But I want to describe this. So this is from NASA.gov. Gaseous swirls of hydrogen, sulfur, and hydrocarbons cradle a... Oh, hold on. Sorry. Let's do a little creature feature. Let's try this again. <laughs> Chaos at the heart of the Orion Nebula. This is from NASA.gov. Gaseous swirls of hydrogen, sulfur, and hydrocarbons cradle a collection of infant stars in this composite image of the Orion Nebula, as seen by the Hubble Space Telescope and the Spitzer Space Telescope. Together, the two telescopes expose rich carbon, I'm sorry, carbon-rich molecules in the cosmic cloud of this star-forming factory located 1,500 light-years away. Hubble's ultraviolet and visible light view real hydrogen and sulfur gases that have been heated and ionized by intense ultraviolet radiation from the massive stars, collectively known as the trapezium. Meanwhile, Spitzer's infrared view exposes the carbon-rich molecules in the cloud. Together, the telescopes expose the stars in Orion as a rainbow of dots sprinkled throughout the image. Enjoy.
Oh, man. That kills me. Uh, so that song was E minor prelude by Chopin. That's going to do it for this show, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I try to mix up, you know, what I'm doing here a little bit so that sometimes it's moving or thought-provoking or just fun to rant or whatever. Uh, I hope you guys have a good new year. I hope you have a good year, a safe and a healthy one. Uh, fuck, that was, that's, that's the creation of life, what we just saw. Literally. It's amazing. Uh, thank you guys again. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nine Cents. I hope you enjoyed it. You can view past episodes of my satanic series on reverendcampbell.com. If you appreciate the satanic content I produce, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and sign up to my email list. If you'd like to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And until next week, hail Satan. <laughs>